1: There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too. And you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everyone. This is Gentry Estes, sports columnist at the Tennessean, alongside uh, Eric Bacharach, Titans beat writer. And this is Talkin' Titans, uh, your weekly, well, I say, we, we do it twice a week, but the other one is a Picks podcast. Right. So this is, uh, if, if you're interested in knowing who we think is going to win all the games, then that's the other podcast. This is the one where we're going to talk more about the Titans, because we are talking Titans, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot to talk about still with the Titans. We're back fresh from California, and a a huge win, really, for the Titans on the road, 42-21 to 21 over the Raiders. The win streak continues, Eric, and... The Titans are now tied for first place in the AFC South and headed into a huge game on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, against the Houston Texans with a chance to uh, take over uh, first place in the division.
0: It's a big time for a team that really has appeared to uh, to turn things around, and they're looking legit. It's crazy, Gentry. If you told me heading into week seven when the Titans were two and four that you know just a couple of months later, the first game against the Texans would be for first place in the division, I would have said, absolutely no way. No shot, but here we are. And and to me, that's, again, it's week after week during this streak since since week seven, since Tannehill took over as quarterback when the Titans are 6-1. and one, The thing that just strikes me, again, the most is sort of how he has unlocked this, this offense's potential. You went from averaging about 16 points a game with Marcus Moriota as the starting quarterback to... I think it's over 30 points a game now with with Tannehill since week seven. The turnaround has just been really nothing short of remarkable. You know, we've spoken about this before. It it does start with Derrick Henry and what he's doing and and just sort of how the play action is playing off of that and what Tannehill is doing as far as getting big plays. His his yards per pass attempt right now lead the league by a considerable margin. Everything's really clicking for this offense, and and to me that – you know, week after week is is the thing that that immediately jumps out way before anything else.
1: You know, I, I kind of would have thought going into this little stretch where Tannehill uh, has been the starter that there's a a, a a certain level he would have to play to to make it a no brainer decision that he's going to remain their quarterback into the future, and the odds of him playing there probably weren't very good. Agreed. I mean, and and he's done it. He's absolutely done it. I remember sitting in Denver and writing about the transition that was coming at quarterback and kind of saying that the guy's going to have to be a superhero. He needs to bring his cape to turn around this offense, and he Mm. did. He absolutely did. It's been incredible to see. But I will say, haven't won anything yet. They need to – they're going to have to play the Texans twice in three weeks. They're going to have to play the New Orleans Saints, whereas the Texans play Tampa during that stretch. So the schedule still isn't in their favor. Mm -hmm. But it really is hard to pick against this team right now. Ryan Tannehill is – he certainly rejuvenated his own career, and he, he also has, in a lot of ways, rejuvenated this team. For and, sure. And it keeps getting more and more that way every week, it seems like.
0: Yeah, and I remember week uh, week six, sitting there in the Denver Press Box Gentry, you, you mentioned writing that Tannehill would need to, to be wearing a cape. I remember Googling for the first time 2020 NFL quarterback prospects, and kind of dreading just that, you know, the, the rest of the season was going to be that, just looking at quarterbacks and seeing where the Titans would go in the draft and, and thinking for sure that they would look for a quarterback in the early rounds. You know, right now that's, not, that's certainly not a given because, as you said, Tannehill had to play to a certain level to, to – Make it so that you would think uh, it was a no-brainer decision to bring him back to be the starter, and, and he's done exactly that. And you know, to that point, I think John Robinson deserves all the credit in the world for recognizing that that Mariota was, was kind of you know just based off of what he had done past couple of years. Again, Tannehill was brought in here specifically to be the backup. It was going to be used in, in the event of an injury to Mariota because he he does have a track record of missing games due to injury. But he he found a guy that was you know not not really coveted around the league, and and uh, here we are. To me, you know I think Lamar Jackson is the MVP of this league, but Tannehill is at least beginning to put himself sort of in the conversation, especially if this continues. And when you consider that, when you consider what Tannehill has done to revitalize this offense. Again, going from a two and four team that was averaging 16 points a game to what it is now, you factor in uh, the draft class that that Robinson uh, assembled this year, where literally all those guys are having an impact. Where earlier in the year it kind of seemed like they're all banged up. You factor those two things in. Yeah, you had Adam Humphreys, Roger Saffold, who early in the season um, certainly weren't weren't playing to the money that they were given to the contracts they were given. But you know, here we are. Saffold's played a lot better. A lot better.
1: We should we shouldn't point that out.
0: Yeah, I was certainly going to get there. We, you know, in week fifteen, Saffold's played better. Humphreys has, has you know been more of a factor with Tannehill under center. And again, the draft class, the quarterback. I think uh, to me, John Robinson has to squarely be in the conversation for NFL Executive mm-hmm. of the Year.
1: Well, I think Tannehill comeback Player of the Year for sure. Yeah, that, that's a, that for sure. I think that's he deserves that. You know, I, I think certainly John Robinson, it looks a lot better now than it did. I, I think what way better. I, I think what he did that I, that to me was the, the wisest move was to not lock anything down with, with Mariota. Mm-hmm. He gave himself an out there um, by taking it into this season. You know, Mar- Marcus it was well paid this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always that understanding of, well, we don't know what we're going to do long term. let's let's see was a little play out. And it did. And he gave himself an out, and, and the Titans needed it. And because they had that out and there was the foresight to get kind of a safety net option in Ryan Tannehill, it's turned around their whole season. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, it, so many things were kind of hinging from the standpoint of, of contracts and the future of this franchise on what was going to happen this season. There was obviously the big question at quarterback, which you had Derrick Henry as well. And, you know, you make a case that your two most important positions, you're still trying to determine if the guy that you have there is going to be your guy. Derrick Henry probably should be mm-hmm. at this point, you know, so, but now they're in a position where they're going to have to pay Ryan Tannehill in addition to Derrick Henry, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they're willing to do there, right? Because I think if you're taking a poll of the fan base and most people who are observing this, well, sure, you, know, you need to resign both those guys, but... You know, in particular with with a with a running back, it's it's hard to want to commit to a, to a really lengthy deal for a lot of guaranteed money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Tannehill's earned it, and I think he's going to get it. Henry, I think has earned it too. Whether or not he, he's going to get it, uh, is, is could be something to watch. Uh, I think he would probably want to stay with the Titans. So, so to me, I I think the question of the performance of the executive here, it's 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 a little bit to be continued because of that. I for want to sure. see how those things play out. But your point's well taken on the draft class. I, I do think, um, you know, A.J. Brown was a pick I wasn't sure about. I mean, I, I I wasn't here covering the Titans yet. But, you know, I remember at the time, a lot of people had him first round mm-hmm. uh, as a receiver. And as a guy who'd been covering the SEC, I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> I'm serious. I would like, these, these receivers at Ole Miss, where were they for three years? Mm-hmm. And I – He has proven to be all that, though. He is a very—he's a dynamic player, and he's giving them, you know. And and we hadn't really talked about, but I've said a lot of the season. I felt like their their big weakness was that receiver. They 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 lacked
0: the big play sort of threat that the guy that you could count on to be, you know, a guy that week in week out produces is consistent. Is is that threat? And and he's that. with that. Yeah.
1: It, with that,
0: yeah. With they, that, they become
1: quite scary offensively with that and what you're seeing from Ryan Tannehill. And, and it's amazing yeah. how much it's transformed. Uh, here's my thing also, though. Yeah. They gave themselves an out with Mariota. We've said this before. Why was there... Why was it so clear that Mariota was the starter going into the season when he was Tannehill was brought in as a guy who had been the starter his whole career?
0: Right, I I think that's fair. I think it's you know to me early on it was a situation where you're you're paying Mariota over twenty million and you're not paying Tannehill nearly that, so it's like I think you're probably
1: right. Let's let's see
0: you know let's give our our guy that we're giving twenty plus million a shot here.
1: Well, and that that may be more of a front office decision.
0: Yep, exactly. So you know I think that was factored in. And listen, with, with, with the other free agent guys, you know, I remember thinking early on when they brought in Roger Saffold. He was the top guard on the market. They needed a guard, they needed to shore up that interior of the offensive line. To me, that move made a lot of sense. He didn't play well early on, but he's kind of settled in nicely here. Adam Humphreys seemed like a guy that was tailor made to, to enhance what Marcus Moriota does. As a slot guy, the Titans' slot production, uh, even last year, was was not where you would like it to be, especially the guy like Marcus Mariota. And then again, going back to the draft class, you've mentioned A.J. Brown. Jeffrey Simmons was, you know, at the time, a, a, a very controversial pick just with, you know, his, his track record, the incident that he had in high school, the fact that he was coming off an ACL tear. All of those things, you know, made us scratch our head at the time and, and we obviously knew that he had a ton of, of potential was a top five type talent but there was a lot of factors in play that made him uh you know give us pause as, as far as us thinking it was it was the right call but he's panned out Nate Davis hasn't been great uh their third round pick at right guard but listen he's a starter in the NFL as a rookie at right guard you know so I think um gets credit for that gets credit for Amani Hooker trading up for him, David Lawn uh, a couple rounds later. You know, both of those guys have been impactful this year. So I think you know, they really needed some impact guys in this draft class and and all of them, you know, all of them it kind of seemed like were banged up at the beginning of the year, but but here we are in crunch time down the stretch and they're all producing, they're all being impactful players. I think um John Robinson deserves a lot of credit for that.
1: Executive of the year is probably going to be John Lynch. I would think um if you see what the 49ers have done sure but i mean I, I i think the the again it looks a lot better than it did eight and five haven't won anything yet i uh, yeah it, to, to me it was uh, it, it's again it's going to be interesting to see and not just from the standpoint of, uh, of of quarterback and running back but there's some other guys on the roster that they're going to have to decide if they're are we willing to make a long-term commitment and really pay them a lot more? Yeah, there's going to be some players that were valuable on this team who won't be back.
0: Right, I think. I think the number is 23 pending free agents. You know, you have Logan Ryan, you have Jack Conklin. There's a lot of guys, Dennis Kelly, a lot of guys that play important roles on this team. That, um, like you said, they, they won't be back. There's going to have to make. Teams are going to have to make some choices here, but certainly, I think a list of of priorities has been, you know, is. is has been established these past few weeks, and will continue to be established as we finish out the season here.
1: I, I think the 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 stance I'd probably take on this is, is, is and I've somewhat been saying it most of the year. I, I I think the coaches have done a good job on this team. Yep. And I, I even when things were bad, I was never bashing Arthur Smith and Vrabel as much as maybe some other people were. With Vrabel, a lot of it had to do with just key decisions in games, and I right. understood that. And, but the offense was, was bad. I mean, it, it was.
0: They were they were underperforming. And Arthur Smith caught the brunt of that as, as far as criticism goes. And right or wrong, uh, you know, and I, I think right now he deserves a lot of the praise.
1: Yeah, and, and I think also that one thing about this team that even, you know, they never stopped playing hard. And and I know to most people, they're, well, they're, these guys, it's one thing when it's a college team. It's another thing when these guys are pros and making millions of dollars to play hard. But, but when a team isn't, you see it and you notice it. Mm-hmm. And the Titans, even when things were going poorly, they always fought in these games. And because of that, they won some games they probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Had they lost to the Chargers and not wrestled away a fumble on the goal line. Right. The Bucks was a coin flip kind of game. The Chiefs, they were lucky to win that one. There's three games at home. They very easily could have lost, and now this is an entirely different discussion. Now you're talking about is everybody going to keep their jobs? Mm-hmm.
0: And so we were preparing for that for that eventuality. And, and
1: yeah, and and I think that the um, the ability to keep those guys playing hard, they've got a good locker room, and I think they play hard for the coach. And, and I think Vrabel has, if you have a coach that has the ability to bring that out in a team. You want to hold on to that.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. That, that. That isn't always the case, right? And listen, like a, a quarterback change can be uh, this divisive sort of thing. I mean, it wasn't. It was something that that really galvanized this team. So I, I, I do think I know you're writing something on Marcus Mariota. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that as well. But you know, so much of it goes back to coaching and, and just the way the steadiness of this locker room. You know, doesn't really get that high or low. And I think that was a big thing last year with with how. Much of a roller coaster it was week to week. I think it was important this year when when things were low at the beginning of the year, sort of gave way, gave them a chance to play like they have been the past few weeks.
1: I still will say, I don't think this roster has as much talent as some other teams in the league. I feel like they're in a better place now than where they were. I think AJ Brown's been a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Johnny Smith played well at tight end. Their offensive lines played better. You know, pass protection's still been an issue. They they've they've been very good run blocking and uh you know, they decided to finally give the ball to Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not dance around that. That's really right. what, what I think the big gripe was for a lot of the season and they they've been able to do it. I, I think defensively they've as we've talked about all year, they've been good at all levels. I think their secondary is banged up right now and that right. could be a real problem against the Texans. And and let's let's segue into that. Let's talk about it. There's a big game on uh on Sunday and and you, you can hear in our our picks podcast we did all well, us and sports director Tommy Dees, we all did pick the Titans to win this game, mm-hmm. and um, you know we kind of elaborated on it there. But let's talk a little bit more here, Eric. You 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 felt strongly enough to to make that your your lock of the week. You, that one game you felt strongest about. Why was yeah, that- and
0: it, I mean it's hard to you know trying to d- dissect what the Texans have been the past couple of weeks is is hard because uh, you go from from really crushing the Patriots to getting crushed by the Broncos. So. It, it is hard to sort of make, make sense of that. Um, but just with the way the Titans are playing right now, and, and I agree, you know, for, for how great Tannehill has been, you know, it, it really does all start with Derrick Henry for this team. You look at the play-action numbers for Tannehill in the offense, they're really off the charts, as are the uh, yards per attempt, y- yards per, per throw for Tannehill. And all of that starts with the threat of Henry when you have to load up the box and, and you know, have these eight-man fronts. When that happens... You know, stuff opens up downhill, down downfield for for Ryan Tannehill, uh, and the offense kind of goes from there. So, you know, I agree. I think there's more talented offenses out there. But as far as sort of the, I guess, just harmonious nature of, of what the Titans are putting out there offensively right now, it's it's hard to argue that there's a better – team just in terms of what's working for an offense right now than, than the Titans I mean they're scoring over 30 points a game since since week seven four straight games of, of over 30 points and this this past week was was the shining example with 552 total yards uh, of offense Tannehill almost throwing for 300 yards Derrick Henry running for over 100 uh, for a, a, I think it was a fourth straight game despite having you know a a little bit of a hamstring issue. Everything is really clicking for this offense right now, and I think to pick against them, the line in this game is only two and a half, you know, at Nissan Stadium where the Titans have won. I think it's 20 20 of 26. To me, it was was an easy pick. Right now, I think the pick against the Titans would be misguided. You know, to
1: compare that performance in Oakland offensively versus what it looked like in Denver at it's stunning. It's
0: stunning. That's the, the word.
1: Yeah, I, you don't normally see that, that at right. any level of football that a team reinvents itself in such a way with one player. yeah. and and it it truly has had to do with Ryan Tannehill. And and I guess my only my biggest question about that is is how sustainable is it? When you look at some of the numbers, they feel like outliers. They feel like things that. Over the as, as you keep going, you are not going to be able to sustain that. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. Except you know we're, we're seven games in now, and you are still kind of waiting for the other shoot to fall. It's true, so, you know, so I, I agree. But you, as as the streak kind of goes on, the confidence only grows that this is something that they keep going with. And and by the way, we always everyone knocks the Titans for being unpredictable. The Texans of
1: yeah, I mean just this this recent sample size. I mean, my goodness, to get they weren't they didn't just lose to Denver; they got. They got beat badly, right. and granted, the Titans did too, but
0: I think that I, the, I, I don't understand that team, and I haven't all nope. season. To to crush Tom Brady and that they get crushed by Drew Locke, I, I cannot make heads or tails of that. And I think it, it,
1: you, you have to like the Titans' chances at home, as we talked about. the I don't know about two weeks from now in Houston in yep. a game that's going to be That'll huge. that be tough, yep. But I think you like the Titans at home in this spot with this much momentum and how well they're playing.
0: Also, I, I I think they're going to have a home field advantage this time. I, I do. I they're, think the fans are going, going to for them. a cold blue at Nissan stadium. I think, you know, the fans are really going to rally behind the Titans for this one. I mean, it's, it's for first place in the division. Games don't get much bigger, even, even as exciting as I'm sure week 16 will be against the saints. This is really, this is the game right here. If you're a Titans fan, it's, it's the AFC South title, you know, coming into play. And obviously they'll face the Texans once more in Week 17 in Houston. But but if you're a Titans fan, this is the game right here.
1: The, yeah, it is. I think lo- to lose this one at this point
0: with so much on the line would be would be pretty deflating. At, yeah, because uh, you're just looking at the scenarios, the the division, you know, really, you know, you you have to have everything break right if you lose this game. Because if you lose, you need the Texans to lose, obviously in Week 17 to the Titans, but you also need them to lose. To the Bucks in Week 16, and you would think that's a game that Houston can win. While the Titans would have to beat the Saints, because again, the, the Texans have the the tiebreaker over the Titans, which is division record, and they can't catch them in that regard unless they sweep them. So, really important game for the division. Uh, the wild card is a whole different conversation, and and it's know, not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing. So, you know, if you're a Titans fan, this is the one to show up for.
1: Absolutely. Well, that does it for this edition of Talkin' Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Eric Bacharach, I'm Gentry Estes, and we'll see you next time. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean.